Hey everyone, welcome back to our third week in our summer series, Campfire Favorites, where we're sharing from our favorite stories in the Bible. We started out by talking about David and Goliath, a real classic and a favorite for many of us. Last weekend, Donna shared a great message with us about Miriam and her story during the Exodus narrative. This week, I'd like to take you to a bit of a quirkier story, one of those ones that you've almost certainly read but always passed over. If you'd like to turn there with me, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, which is the second gospel in your Bible, but scholars widely believe that Mark was the first gospel written. I love this book. When I was in Bible school, we did a course on the Gospel of Mark, and in that course we had to read Mark all the way through in one sitting, or at least in one day, and we had to do it eight times, but no more than twice a week. Suffice to say, I was drowning in Mark for a little while there. But I also got to tell you, I recommend that to anyone who wants to develop a greater love for the scriptures. When our New Testament was first being circulated, it was read in whole books. You'd be in your church in Rome and someone would get up and say, we got a letter from Paul today, I'm going to read it to you now, and then they would read the entire epistle to the Romans. You get a very different view of scripture when you read whole books. Not that there's anything wrong with taking scripture in smaller pieces, but if you're looking for a fresh perspective, maybe that's something that you'd find helpful. So the story that I'd like to share is found in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the stories, for the, the people in your word that, that you share with us. Thank you that when we wanted to be like you, you didn't send us a list of rules, but you sent us a person to follow. Pray, Lord, that you would be with us today and that you would open your word to us, that our hearts would be changed. Amen. So I'm reading, starting in Mark chapter 1, verse 21. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. I find this story very funny, but I think for you to get it, you, I have to come at it a little differently. This is sometimes how my mind works. I've shared with you before that I often read the Bible and try to find myself in the story. I read the interactions of Jesus with the Pharisees and I try to imagine what it would be like for me to be a first century Jew doing my best to follow God. And this man comes up with these strange ideas. I wonder whether I would follow him or whether I'd be one of the ones calling for his death. In this story, I, strangely enough, asked myself what it would be like to be this demon. I've really enjoyed Christian fiction like This Present Darkness or C.S. Lewis's book The Screwtape Letters, so maybe that's where the humor comes in for me. But just imagine this with me. There you are, servant of evil, and you know what? Things are pretty good. Your boss, Satan, rules the world. God has this one nation that he's plucked out to be his chosen people. But even that, Satan has managed to infiltrate and influence pretty heavily. You've got a pretty cushy job. You're possessing some guy out in the backwoods. Capernaum in Galilee, 
far away from all the holy hubbub in Jerusalem where you might risk running into a real prophet or man of God. Your human goes to synagogue one day because that's what they do, and apparently you're able to keep doing your job just fine when he, while he goes, so whatever. But on this day, there's someone new there. And he's teaching and preaching, and you've definitely never seen him before. But at the same time, there's something familiar about him. Something about the way he speaks, the way he looks across the room. You search your memory, but truly, you can't recall hearing anyone speak this way in a very long time. Probably not since the rebellion when you were cast out of... Wait, no way. It can't be. What's going on? What's he doing here? What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then he speaks again. Be quiet. The God-man commands you, and you're suddenly unable to speak. He then casts you out of the man that you've been possessing, and the demon has to slink back to his master. But I wonder, when that demon gets back to hell, or wherever demons hang out, can he speak? Jesus has commanded him to be quiet, and that order hasn't ended. Satan asks the demon, why have you returned? And there's no answer. And as the days and weeks go by, more and more of the host of hell show up, and none of them are able to speak. Mark 1 verse 34 tells us that Jesus drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Can you imagine the panic that must have gripped those dark halls? The terror of silence, of no answers? I find that very funny. And that's the end of the story that I wanted to share. But let's unpack some things around it to help us in our daily walk, because you can't just share a funny story and leave it at that. The demon in this story recognizes Jesus by his preaching. It reminds me of another story found in Acts chapter 19 where a demon doesn't recognize the person attempting to command it. So Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, if you're looking for a baby name, Sceva's available. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Another kind of funny story. This story is the kind of the flip of the one from Mark. Jesus and Paul were known not only to the humans, but to the demons. And don't you want to be the kind of person who, when their alarm clock goes off in the morning, the devil's the one who says, oh no, they're awake, to be so close to God, to be so living in God's power and purpose that the demons see you coming? Just think of the impact we could have for God's kingdom, of the lives that could be turned around and rescued from destruction, if only we could devote ourselves. And I think the call is lower than we think. 
We tend to think in ter terms of things to do, of hours to pray and read, of study and denial of comforts. But Jesus tells us in John chapter 13, verse 35, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And I think that's a standard that we can all strive towards. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these couple of stories that we looked at today, Father. I pray that we would bring a little joy to the hearts of your people. But Lord, I pray that this would ignite a fire in us, that we would be known as your people, that we would be recognizable as followers of Christ. That Lord, when people look at our lives, they would see something different. That the powers of darkness would recognize us as your agents, Lord. I pray that we would be your people, that we would be yours as we go from our gathering. In your name we pray. Amen.